Was the overtime Super Bowl enough of a climactic conclusion to the football season for you? Let us give you the denouement here on The Push-Up. of the Picked Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened in Super Bowl 58 and gets you ready for the offseason and all that's to come. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's... Dan, it means an untangling. Right. Uh, you're going to have to explain that one to me. What's this? That's what denouement. The denouement means oh, the untangling. The denouement, yes, yes. The, yeah. the, the wrapping up, the, the conclusion... Has happened, and this is yeah the the uh, this this yeah the cleanup. Anyways, um, we just watched Super Bowl uh, La Vienro La Vienrose, or we called it uh, last week. The Edith Piaf Edith Piaf Super Bowl, and it it lived up to it. I mean, overtime Super Bowl, uh, best Super Bowl, whatever you could you could argue whatever, but I think you have to say it's like the most competitive Super Bowl. Yeah, it was one of the more competitive ones I can remember. Um, I still give it to that fucking Arizona um, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh game. game. That, yeah, it was a great back that and shit, forth. I mean, that's going to be real hard to top. Although we've had some crazy ones. Um, you know, we've had the New England beating Atlanta, That, w- but that felt like two completely lopsided games. Yeah, um, We've... Yeah, we've had a bunch of really competitive. I think ones, New really England, Seattle ones. went right down to the end. Really the, good. The yeah. loss at the goal line. Yeah, there's. Yeah, we were getting. Better and better Super Bowls, it feels like, and this was a good one. And I think if you were a fan like us, uh, didn't have weight in the game, this is probably what you wanted to see. Um, Whether you wanted the Niners or the Chiefs to see, other than that, a game like this is probably what you were looking for. Yeah, I mean, I love a good defensive battle. Um, So the first half was like, ooh, just a slugfest back and forth, you know, hard to make mistakes and, you know, have those capitalized on, but... You know, things started loosening up in the second half. Those body blows started to, you know, land a little bit. You started to actually be able to ga- like gouge the defense for some yardage. I was like, okay, it's getting exciting. And then, man, I'll tell you what, I don't know if that blocked kick by Jake Moody helped the 49ers or hurt the 49ers because <laughs> I, I feel, you know, it would have forced, with that kick, it would have forced the Chiefs to go for a touchdown there at the end of the game. There's you so know, This much. thing would not have gone to overtime. Yeah, yeah, and... Okay, so I want to get into the nit and gritty of the game too, but I would like to go in order. So before we hit the football game, the other thing that happened this week was the NFL honors. So yes, very true. I'm just going to run through who won, uh, and uh, Dan, give me your thoughts on these. Offensive rookie of the year is going to the QB out of um, Ohio State, who is now in Houston, C.J. Stroud. Oh, Ohio State has put together so many offensive and defensive rookies of the year mm. in the past like seven or eight years. It's kind of nuts. Like they just keep putting one of the best players into the NFL every season. But QB um, has been something they missed. They haven't had a successful QB since fucking ever. <laughs> um, so you know this is this is the best we got. I mean, people thought, hey, maybe Justin Fields, but it seems like they're turning a corner since Ryan Day. Ryan Day seems to be able to get more out of his QBs. Um, yeah, C.J. Stroud absolutely deserved this. I don't even know, like nobody was really even close to C.J. Stroud. Like he right. he not only was one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, he elevated a moribund team to a playoff team. Like that's really impressive, start to finish. QBs blowing out the water like that, you have to give it to him. Uh, if he didn't have that great a year, if, if he had a year where he was learning half the year or whatever too, then Puka Nakua, you know, something like that would take it. Oh, yeah. Makes more sense, yeah, it, but... Puka had a hell of a year, right. but it's it's the position. Ty goes to the QB. Yeah. Listen, think about you know the Cowboys years ago yep. with uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who maybe had the best running back season in the NFL that year, um, but he lost because it's a quarterback. It's a quarterback teammate to his yeah, to his uh, um, benchmate there in, in uh, Dak. So, um, but defensive rookie of the year is also a teammate to C.J. Stroud. They're in. Uh, Houston, Will Anderson Jr. gets it. 
I mean, we were at the draft when they traded back up to get Will Anderson. We were like, ooh, that's fucking nice. Because yeah. Stroud was our number one rated QB, and Will Anderson was our number one rated player yeah. uh, overall. So it was like, hey, what a fucking haul by, by Houston. And look what happens. You add two blue chip players, you got yourself a hell of a turnaround there in Houston. Amazing, yeah. So you... you they get that done in the in the early part of the Thursday there, celebrate the rest of the night, and yeah, enjoy themselves. And Houston has certainly turned it around immediately. And I will say Anderson's season was better than his stats. You know, that's that was kind of always going to be the case. He was going to be one of those guys that was going to be more disruptive than his stats were going to belay. And so I'm glad he got that honor. Yeah, so they, they've, they've seen that. Defensive Player of the Year went to Miles Garrett out of Cleveland. He's been a wrecking ball all season. This one was a little sketchy just because Miles Garrett just had no second half of the season. Like, he was so good in the first half. True. And then he just started getting double and triple teamed pretty much the entire second half of the season. And his production really fell off. You can make an argument for T.J. Watt, and I think it's a valid argument. I think it's really just between those two. I'm surprised Watt didn't get more votes. That was the only thing that shocked me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and Watt... I think, I don't know, the injury seemed like a big thing, but that was at the very end of the year, so it shouldn't have hurt him too much in, in this uh, um, voting. But that uh, went to Miles Garrett. Offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey. You know, if he, oh, you're not going to give him yeah. MVP, then that's where it goes. It's the it's the non-quarterback MVP award. Right, exactly, and that, and that makes total sense. Shouldn't have gotten anyone else. MVP went to Lamar Jackson. Uh, and we thought that too, after about the end of the year, he kind of pulled away for that. It changes the narrative a lot when you become the number one seed, you're the best player on the number one seeded team in the AFC or the NFC. It really changes the narrative and it wasn't going to go to Brock Purdy. You know, if, if it was going to be a tie, they're going to give it to a, a name right. like Lamar Jackson. Right. Uh, if only Dak had won another fucking game or two and not had a fucking complete shit fest against the Dolphins you could have won it too there could have been a chance there of changing it in the playoffs maybe yeah that would have been different there too um coach of the year coach of the year now went to Kevin Stefanski this was my pick not Dan's pick Dan was thinking the another one going to Houston there with um D'Amico Ryans uh but uh you know if they give out a rookie coach of the year easy then, oh, yeah. then it goes to him but uh it. coach of the year Kevin Stefanski out of Cleveland a great pick. I mean, when you think about what Cleveland went through, not having a starting quarterback, going through two or three dudes, and then finally getting you know, the reanimated corpse of Joe Flacco, Stefanski did a great job. He's weathered a lot um, over the years. And, I mean, honestly, you could have had a clean sweep of rookies and coaches there um, in Houston, but Stefanski deserved this one. He's had a rough couple years um, because he plays for the Browns, and that's, all, that's the only kind of years they produce. Right. Uh, the one thing that was funny about that award was on on the award thing they had uh, what Tom Grassi who does uh, YouTube stuff for uh, he's a Packers fan and I only started watching him when like the Vikings would beat the Packers and just kind of tra- cherish that yeah. a little bit but he had a great uh, uh, off season this last one where he traveled to every stadium raised a bunch of money for St Jude and stuff doing it so they gave he won coach, uh, fan of the year. And so for nice. winning fan of the year, they had him up there to do the uh, uh, the uh, presentation of coach of the year. And he's up there with another guy. I'm not even sure who the other guy is. He says he's a Bears fan. And he as as they pull up and he showed, he, he calls him Steven Stefanski. He says, Steven Stefanski wins. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Krasik has to correct him. It's like, it's Kevin. It's like, oh, all right, well, yeah. What a what a huge football fan you must be. <laughs> just just bombed it. So it's a funny little clip if you guys see that. And his middle name is Lawrence, by the way. It's not even close. It's yeah. Kevin Lawrence defense. No, they found Steven out of something else. Finally, comeback player of the year goes to another Cleveland Brown, Joe Flacco. Um, the, the talk that it could have been DeMar Hamlin, but, yeah, it goes to Flacco. It never should have been DeMar Hamlin. It's a, yeah, it's a tough thing to – that's not DeMar what the Hamlin comeback is just the fact that, because like, at the end of the season, you'd, it turned because Bills fans were like, maybe you should have just stayed dead. Oof. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could have just rallied around your memory instead of fucking. Somebody made the the comment that goes, uh, "With Flacco winning and not Hamlin, proves that it is uh, easier to come back to life than to lead the Cleveland Browns at quarterback." 
It's true. <laughs> Statistically, that's very true. We've had way more resurrections than Cleveland Brown playoff opportunities. Ouch. Um, the and, only one for me that was even in that running was honestly Baker Mayfield. For the, uh, the turnaround he had, it's like being an absolute cast-off quarterback. But Flacco literally returned from doing nothing. Like, what a complete comeback. Like, yeah. Baker Mayfield, I would say, resurgence of the year. But Joe Flacco, comeback of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good picks for all those. And then finally, we got the Hall of Fame class. The Hall of Fame class that'll be inducted the next time we get to watch NFL football. And it won't even count then, but it'll be the Hall of Fame game uh, all the way into August. But uh, the class that's getting in is Devin Hester, Chicago Bears, return man, Julius Peppers of the Panthers, the pass rusher. Yeah, and the the Bears and the Packers. Uh, And Devin Hester, I think, was... Falcons at the end of his career? I think he did. Yeah, I think he was in Atlanta. Uh, Andre Johnson, big wide receiver for mainly the Texans. I'll do that mainly stuff here. (laughs) Dwight Freeney. He's going to be the first Texan in the hall. Yeah, that's that's big news for the Texans there. Andre Johnson gets that. Dwight Freeney for Colts. Patrick Willis, the linebacker, 49ers. And then the uh, um, legacy guys is the linebacker Randy Gradishar, who was a Broncos player and defensive tackle. Steve McMichael for the Bears. Good old Mongo. I will. T- I will tell you this, Randy Gradishar. I was like, fucking who? Like that. That did not register for me. Uh, you know, I knew Tom Jackson of the Orange Curse. I did not remember Randy Gradishar. But you before know, I was watching AFC football before yeah, I was before born. all of our time. Those guys. Um, in fact, I think Steve McMichael. I might have had cards of his. When I started oh, yeah. collecting. Mongo. Yeah. Mongo was definitely, you know, our time. Um, there were some snubs, though. My my man, Jared Allen, has was been a finalist now like three, four years, and he hasn't gotten in. He will. He will. But it's unfortunate because he's a, a star. I want him. I, wa- I wanted to see his, his speech, and I know he's going to put on a show. So there's, there's a couple guys. Honestly, the number one was Antonio Gates. Yeah, like the fact that Antonio talking. Gates was not a first ballot is crazy to me. Yeah, the first ballots is what Peppers and Peppers was first ballot. Um, I think, I think it was just uh, did Andre Johnson? No, Andre Johnson was in his second year. Yeah, I think everybody else is in there. Um, we talked about though the 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 finalists. Tory Holt was one you brought up before. He did, he did not mm-hmm. make it. It was honestly Fred Taylor, Reggie Wayne's in there, and yeah. as a Dallas Cowboys fan, can we? Fucking just put Woodson in. Can we just be <laughs> done with this shit? Darren Woodson deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Honestly, it, in terms of a guy that changed the safety position in the NFL, was a top-tier, multiple Pro Bowl safety for goddamn near a decade. I mean, somebody made a great point. They go, if you're on an all-decade team, it really should change uh, you know, how you're regarded. Like An all-decade is, is a pretty solid uh, resume builder, yeah, and then to be a three-time Super Bowl champion and a member of the All-Decade team—that just tells you everything you need to know about about Woody, man. I don't, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not going to be happy until he's in. I was uh, trying to take guesses on who the uh, the two teams in the Hall of Fame game would be then, and you know, Bears getting the first overall pick—that kind of makes sense. You give them one, uh, and the other team could be the Texans or the Colts. Makes you know, <clears throat> bring them in there as because you're getting team uh, players that are getting uh getting into the the hall all right that was the important stuff from the awards let's talk about the game everything encompassing super bowl 58 uh the ends oh and my apologies um darren woodson was not on the all decade team of the 90s which i think is a fucking absolute robbery who were the safeties of the all decade team? it was steve atwater and Leroy butler and uh, I think both yeah, are Hall of second, Famers now. Second team was Ronnie Lott and Carnell Lake. Nineties, so Ronnie yeah, Lott. 90s. Wow. Yeah, he was still in there early nineties. So, wow. um, yeah, I would say he's definitely better than Carnell Lake was. I don't know what the fuck that's about. And I would make an argument that he was better than Leroy Butler. Steve Atwater was pretty deadly though. Remember, it was Leroy Butler, and they changed it to Leroy Butler. I'm now yeah. Leroy Butler. I am now <laughs> the Roy. All right, uh, 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs. At the end score, 22-25. How did we get there? Well, uh, the beginning of this game, kind of slow. If you ask most people, I asked uh, my wife who watched the whole thing, you know, through family stuff and things. I was like, "What? what, any hot takes? She goes, I remember the game being kind of a slow start. It was was nothing in the first quarter, uh, and then the Niners jumped up to the 10-0 lead, and it took a trick play of the Juwan... 
Jennings uh, pass across the field to McCaffrey to get it in. Uh, that's where we'll start. So that, number one, is a fucking great play. Yeah. Whenever you have those like gadget wide receivers like Antoine Randall, who, by the way, was the last wide receiver to throw a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Ooh, okay. Uh, it's him. There's a little, there's a little stat I remember that, yeah. But this was a, a fucking hard-fought game, dude. It was just... It felt like it was very back and forth. felt like both of the defenses were really clued in. I First half, I was like, God damn, dude, these Niners are going to drill a hole in that offensive line of the Chiefs. It was just pure fucking defense. Yeah. Um, great play on that touchdown. Chiefs come back and answer with a field goal, which I thought was critical. Like, you had to get something going into the half. Like, you needed it. I knew you were going to get the ball back, but we talk about that a lot of, like, if you go in, you score points, and then you get the ball back, it's a huge thing mm-hmm. um, that you can, you know, really change the momentum of the game. Yeah, and we started seeing the Niners, who were up ten nothing, sit on that lead kind of a little bit. They 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 mm-hmm. didn't try to push the ball down the field. There wasn't a lot of trick stuff. It was a lot of punting, a lot of like we'll play field position. And I remember thinking, and I don't know if I texted you at one point. I was just like, you. God, if if you're San Francisco, you got to be careful here because once they got that field goal, you're like, oh, well, there you go, one touchdown. This game's tied, and yeah. uh, they didn't. Chiefs didn't score right away in the second half. They kicked the field goal to make it ten six, and then it was Valdez Scantling, late third quarter, boom, lead. Can't say he's got the lead now. All of a sudden, um, well, if you remember, they they actually threw a touch. They threw an interception in the first drive of the first quarter. Yes, that's right. Uh, it was. Um, Mahomes's first uh, only one right yeah it was the only one but it was it, they were on Kansas City side and then Kansas City defense absolutely bucked up yeah and stopped them forced a punt like you're on you're on Kansas City's 44 you just stopped their first drive of the second half you can't get 10 fucking yards you can't get into field goal range like what a great job by the KC defense honestly outstanding that's true and I'm jumping too because isn't the MVS touchdown after the uh muffed punt uh, it is, yeah. Okay. So they, they had the muff punt, and then uh, immediately it's a 16-yard play. Which was um, such a weird to Martin- thing, too, because I was realizing it with the announcers, with uh, Nance and Romo. They're like, why even try for that ball? What is McLeod thinking when he's thinking he's going to scoop up that ball after it rolls three times? And then you realize in the replay, oh, he hit a guy's ankle. And he was yeah. just, he had to. He, I mean, maybe dive on it instead of try to scoop it up, but... It was rolling away from him. He's doing what he could, but oh, it, it flips the whole game there. Well, it doesn't. I mean, the the Chiefs were moving it. They were figuring out how to get down the field, but the Butker field goal was from 57 out. It it took place over the the record of the longest field goal in the Super Bowl that happened just a quarter before by yep. Jake Moody from 55 yards out. So we got to see back-to-back longest Super Bowl field goals in this one. Well, it was to me it was kind of crazy because the uh, it's defended that it's not actually a muffed punt because the punt returner didn't fuck it up. That's true. That's you know, probably the punt not the returner, correct. Yeah, it just hit a 49er, and you know he tried his best to cover it. Um, but yeah, I mean that's a huge momentum swing. Like San Francisco's defense had just been absolutely throttling them up until that point. You could feel a little bit of deflation. Um, now, very luckily, or, you know, well-coordinated, San Francisco then goes on a 14-fucking-play drive that lasts six minutes and goes the entire length of the field to score. And and that, this, yeah. Yeah, that felt like, oh, shit, San Francisco's answering here. That's fucking tremendous. They answered, and that's something they couldn't do in the fourth quarter of the last time these two teams met in the Super Bowl. They, they disappeared in the fourth quarter, and this year they didn't. They did not do that, and that's important to say. It's hard to look at the Niners offense and think that anybody really dropped the ball or that did not play a good game. I thought Purdy played fine. He didn't put up Mahomes numbers, but he put up no. Purdy numbers. Um, Which is, I mean, if you're going into that game going, Brock Purdy's going to ball the fuck out. Like, you're crazy. Yeah. Like, that's just a ludicrous thing to ask a guy like Brock Purdy to do. Brock Purdy, if you told me Brock Purdy was going to go 255 for one TD and no interceptions in this game, I bet San Francisco's winning this fucking thing. Right. You know, those stats are the stats of a defense forward winning football team. And Debo was was uh shooken up and um 
they shut down McCaffrey. That is one big thing. McCaffrey had 160 total yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. That's a hell of a way to shut down. Isn't that? That's an amazing stat line, but it is still like one of the worst games he had all year based on how many times he touched the ball. So that was nuts. And because you can do that, um, 30 touches. Yeah. You were able to, yeah, just kind of clean up there. So the, the Niners needed to find other people to, to take advantage of. And that was Juwan Jennings. I mean, he caught the touchdown too in the fourth quarter to start it off. And I think he, I think he actually could have been. If the 49ers yes. won this thing, I think he could have been the MVP. I agree. I was thinking that too at that time. I was like, you know, he's thrown one and and received one here, and it didn't feel like they would ever give it to too. Purdy unless Purdy no. threw four or something. Um. So, anyways, uh, the Juwan Jennings touchdown blocked extra point. Now, Dan, that was something you were talking to me about before recording here. This led it was sixteen thirteen at that point, uh, the start of the fourth quarter, basically. So it changes the whole complexity of the game. It now makes it not a one-possession game, but a one-field goal game. Mm-hmm. It allows the Chiefs to kind of back the fuck off, you know, to to say, like, all right, you know, we'll take the points instead of forcing our hand for the touchdown. Because um, you got to remember, if on that second drive, maybe, you know, maybe they don't even score the field goal there. They're four, you know, they were third and three. And then they get a three-yard sack, and they're fourth and six, and they they actually kick the field goal. If they're down four points there, I think maybe that changes the entire complexity of that play calling, and I think they probably force themselves to try to get a touchdown there. From that touchdown, from that Niners touchdown, from that point on, we are having the Niners kick field goals to take the lead and the Chiefs play catch-up. And that you're right, the Chiefs seemed happy to just play catch up, and that was interesting because it's a rope a dope. Yes, at that point, you know, you're like, okay, we, we just are have a to multiple time Super Bowl winner. We just have to be. We need a chance. You know, you're kind of the longer this thing goes, the more it favored the Chiefs. Yeah, if they were within striking distance, because as good as this Niners team is, they haven't won a Super Bowl. Right, Patrick Mahomes already won two. This whole Chiefs team, they know how to, to win to this. They've been there. They know how to wrap it up. You know, well, it's not too big for them. You leave it up to just uh, clock management and Andy Reid, obviously. <laughs> well, that narrative has changed tremendously. Although Apparently. He did, have a, he did have a timeout in the second half. I was like, Andy, no. <laughs> I, like, out loud, I was like, Andy, please. What? what no. You You've won two. It's your opportunity to, to mount the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He I did was it. Just like, okay. Yeah. We can and joke about him now because he bad, did it. Had a bad one, too. Yeah. Yes. Um, so here we are. Field goes, field goes, back and forth. Um, yeah, you're right. Kansas City, instead of pushing with half of the fourth quarter left, they decide to tie it. And then Moody kicks a 53-yarder with just under two minutes. Huge kick. It was. Because he, with the extra point blocked, and everybody looked at it, it was kind of his fault. Like, that thing was very low. Yeah, it was low. I mean, if you're talking 33 yards out, you can kick that thing high, and nobody puts any hands on it. Um, this, by the way... I know I'm a Michigan man, right? Yeah, Jake Moody. This game's not on Jake Moody. No. You drill two 50-plus yard field goals in the Super Bowl, yes. you miss an extra point. That ain't on you, baby. No, no, no. I think you're right. There's no reason to to, to argue that stuff. It, he kicked him what, what was once a Super Bowl record. Uh, he went three st- for three on field goals. Yeah, yeah. So, and the, yeah, the block is a block, whatever. It could have gone in if, if it just sneaks by their hands. True. Um. So, anyways... um. This is lining up to go to overtime. It felt like it, um, even when uh, Moody's lined up for the fifty-three yard, or like we said, like he made it. But I was like, you know, if he misses this, it's probably overtime yeah. or whatever. And there was a minute, minute fifty, yeah, uh, for Patrick Mahomes with two timeouts. Like that's way too much fucking time, especially which seeing Butker kick fifty-seven thing. yarders. That's the crazy thing is on that third down pass it was third and five, right from the KC thirty-five. They threw the ball yeah. to Jawan Jennings. I know, and if Jawan Jennings catches that ball, it's Jawan Jennings Super Bowl MVP. Mm. That's a good but point. But it's two minutes. You're after the two-minute warning. Run the fucking ball. Run the ball. Take a timeout. Take one of their timeouts away from them. And the Niners were, in the second half, getting away from the run. I think they were panicking a little bit that McCaffrey wasn't having the success, and they, they moved away from it. 
um, which was surprising because they needed to, I don't know, there was a little bit of gas on their defense's side, and maybe they were just kind of worried about that. But so, but I just don't, I don't get that play of like, you are a run-heavy team. Yeah. It is third and five in your opponent's side of the field. If you get two yards, it helps your kicker. If you get no yards, it steals a timeout. If you get five yards, you win the fucking game. Yeah. And you throw it to your third or fourth option wide receiver who granted has been having a good game. I don't understand that call there. You know, it during these big plays, you know, it's the same kind of tricking yourself into success shit that Pete Carroll did when he lost to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Go to your best guy. In that case, just fucking run the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Just run the ball with Christian McCaffrey. Live or die, win or lose, you know in that situation, in a clutch situation, you gave the ball to your best player. I don't know why they did this. I don't know why they got cute because you would have really changed the complexity of this game, the end complexity of this game, if Patrick Mahomes only had one timeout to go the entire way. Changes the urgency, changes the whole complexion of that final drive. That, yeah, that's true. And they did, yeah, they were able to kind of set that up uh, there at the end. Um so they kick a field goal from what was it 29 yards out to to tie this yeah, thing to go to overtime. We're set up for that. And I don't know what you were aware of at that time, but it took me a moment too of like, oh that's right. This is new rules. I got I got I got to get myself involved in the new rules here of the overtime. Uh the last time we saw an overtime Super Bowl was that Patriots Falcons comeback win. Patriots get the ball. Falcons don't touch it get in the end zone the game's over they said that can't happen anymore they, they basically were saying this is a whole new game it's a whole new game so fine the Niners win the toss and they elect to receive the ball in overtime let's start there because I'm sure everyone's heard the conversation Dan was it just the wrong choice I don't think so okay um I, I really don't I mean at that point your defense was just fucking gassed in the last minute and 50 seconds. They got, because that was not a minute and 50 seconds of effort, by the way. No, true. You know, that was a, oh God, they're driving the ball 64 yards down the field at the end of the game. You need to give your fucking defense a break. You've got to do it. There was, and Romo was bringing it up a lot in the fourth quarter and stuff that the Niners' defense especially seemed tired. I mean, the Chiefs had the momentum and it did kind of feel like that. So. The offense was keeping them in it. They were getting down the field. They were kicking those long field goals. But, yeah, I get that. And so maybe you were just worried about that. That's probably the best argument you can make because other than that, yeah, the way it's but, lined up, you've got to, like almost college overtime now, you've got to know what's at stake. But I don't think it matters as much because if you, you know, the Kansas Chief said, oh, we were ready for that. And, you know, we were, if they had, if we had won the toss, we would have given it to them. And, you know, if we had a, a two-point play set up for yeah. Yeah. when we score a touchdown and, you know, win the game there. You go, that's all well and good. You're still going to march the fucking length of the field and do it. That's true. They you had know? to go. Uh, well, so, I mean, you had the Niners get the ball first. They got down the field, kick a field goal because it was like a fourth and 11 scenario, too. Like, there was no uh, decision they well, could was, have made. It was fourth and four from the nine. Oh, was it seriously but where they kicked it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, fourth that's and fourth from nine. But that's... fourth and four is a fucking long way to go. It is, but you're playing Patrick Mahomes. I'm just thinking this this through afterwards, and the way that the fourth quarter played out with all the back and forth and the field goals and stuff, I mean, you gave the Chiefs, I count, at least three opportunities here to be like, we're just kicking these field goals, and if you guys get a touchdown, that's all it's going to take. And then rope-a-dope. finally, yeah, the rope-a-dope as it was, and then finally it took to overtime. And the clock ticking down in that first quarter that apparently didn't mean anything. Would the, if the clock reached zero there, Dan? Do you know would they have lined up on the other side like it was a difference of yeah. a quarter? That's the plan. It would have just. It would have been the same thing. It wouldn't have been like, oh, the game restarted. You fucked it up. Yeah, still Chiefs ball. It's not like another yeah. overtime start or anything like we saw second and third overtimes in the past. Yeah, and it's and that's the thing. It's not. He mentioned it's not a. Oh, it's not a fifteen minute period. It's a brand new game. Yeah, and which so. What was tough with that scenario is you got Romo yelling that out right before the play. Uh, so I, I don't know. It was a little bit of the uh, 
suspense was kind of killed in trying to get my head around new rules. But now that I've seen it, now that I know it, I know that won't be a problem moving forward. And and they are good rules. To yeah. see one team go down there and whether they were going to score a touchdown or not, the other team was going to get a chance to go and, and at least equalize it. Um, yeah. But yeah, to find out that the Niners, if they did get that touchdown, then the Chiefs go down and they get a touchdown. The Niners had one argument. They go, well, then it becomes... Uh, sudden death and we'll get the ball next and we can go down there and do whatever but if the chief's plan was to go for two yeah then what's the point there so but you still gotta do it you know you still gotta (laughs) do it and it's a lot of extra steps down and stuff like that too but i thought i heard um shanahan talking about how it wasn't so much about the defense being tired of being that being the choice I don't know. I mean, if you want to push the agenda, right? If you say, hey, we want to go down there, we want to score, we want to see if we can put pressure yep. uh, on this team. And, dictate you know, as it is, yeah. Yeah, you want to dictate, you want to go in with the lead. I mean, you play to win the game, right? You don't play to be like, well, I hope they don't score. Sure hope they don't score. I don't know, then the like, fourth and four board. field goal, was that playing uh, to win? I don't know. It's fourth and four, it, but it's in the red zone. It's in the right? red zone. It's if at the had, nine. It's not an easy place. Yeah. yeah. If that had been fourth and four at the 30. Right. Right? If that had been fourth and four at the 30, I'd be like, hey, you got to go for this shit. Okay. Because that's that's far for your kicker. You know, you play to win the game. I get it there. You know, you can spread that defense out, make them get a couple different looks. Inside the 10, that's a real tight defensive zone you got going on there. You know, you get guys running sideline to sideline. The, the only thing that I'm that is crazy to me is how much different this defense played after Dre Greenlaw's injury. Yep. And I'm glad you hit that up. Cause I was going to like lead over to that stuff. I didn't really throw it in when it did. Cause it was random, but Dre Greenlaw it was super random, uh, coming in, in the first half, first quarter or somewhere early, early, uh, off the sidelines, they, they showed it. He's just excited. It's the super bowl. He's jumping up and down. He's getting excited. And then pops his Achilles. He's done. And the, the guy who replaced him did not have a great game, and it was yeah. obvious they missed him. So that that green line injury was devastating in more ways than I one. Mean, yeah, just fucking brutal, man. Like, the idea that you're just sitting there trying to have a great fucking game, and then, yeah, you just feel it leave him. It's just a brutal fucking video to watch, man. Yeah. Um. Other things on this game, uh, Patrick Mahomes gets the MVP. Obviously, 333 yards, oh, yeah. passing two touchdowns, that one interception. I mean, Budker did go four for four and kicked the longest field goal ever, but uh, you don't give it to kickers. So, Patrick Mahomes, no. uh, three times. And the stat line's good. You know, it's uh, yes, plus no. 300. He had TTVs. a great game. And he, the, I mean, he took off sometimes on big plays, picked him up with his legs. He was the Led catalyst. the team in rushing. Yes, yes. Uh he deserves it. He is a now three-time Super Bowl winner and MVP. Wins all the MVPs that he does. Um, and, oh, holds the highest cap hit and winning the Super Bowl now. That that old record uh, has kind of gotten wiped out. Um, and this Which is, means the rule is you can pay your quarterback the most money if it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, as, as, long as, as long as that quarterback wins you the MVP multiple years. Yeah, exactly. Then you're fine. Um First back-to-back Super Bowl win since the Patriots did it in 2003 and 2004. We went through all that. I remember all of those years of the Patriots dominating, and I find it kind of surprising that the last time they did back-to-back Super Bowls was all the way back in 03-04. So. That defense was so fucking good back then. That was like just the perfect Yeah, it really wasn't Brady dominating no. at that point. He was the perfect quarterback for that team. Um, okay, the halftime. The halftime was Usher. Um, I did not really watch this, Dan. I'll be honest. Um, I think I yeah. said in the other thing I'm not a fan of the Yeah song. It's really annoying for me. I got a list of songs that I just they don't timed hear it well. And, yeah, that's one of them. Um, so we spent that. This was that was the point. Was like halftime. Let's get the the boy in the car and go home. We were at our in laws, and I mean. It's, in the same neighborhood, it's not far. So I got home, turned it on to see you him didn't on trust roller your skates. Wife in public watching Usher. No, yeah, I just I have to watch it at, at home in the dark basement. He was wearing <laughs> some type of muscle shirt or something, and and skating. Oh yeah, he's, roller skating. He's wearing a beater. Well, it's, uh, the memes have been great, where they're just like the fucking purple cobras. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they did. It really did. The especially the fact that they did roller skates. Yeah. on top of the purple bullshit. You're like, oh uh, yeah, you guys are. 
This is dodgeball. <laughs> so um, that's all I saw of that. Uh, and then, you know, Taylor Swift made it. She was in the booth. We got a lot of her in this game uh, with Brooke Lively next to her cussing up a storm. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, she, oh he's just great. She's like, what the fuck? Oh, my yeah, fucking dude. God. <laughs> yeah, dude, Blake Lively. Uh, very lively. Yeah, I very lively. Ice Spice. Ice Spice was in there, too. Um, one thing that dude, I... I don't get the Ice Spice thing. I'll, you know, I don't know where she much, came from or why she was up there, but... As much hate as Taylor Swift gets... I'm like, that's fucking really talented. Like, you know. Oh, sure. The music. Watch I, these things. The, none of their. I, I listened to some Ice Spice shit, and I was like, I don't get it. Like, I get Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj spits hot fire. It's not Ice Spice is fucking non melodic. I don't. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's you're not the target audience there, Dan. I'm not either, and I'm okay saying that. Like, we're not. Ice Spice didn't come out there to say I need this. These. Uh, yeah, where's elderly, my middle-aged 30, white man? Forty-year-old guys to listen to me. Uh, anyways, did you say elderly? Did you just call us elderly? <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, to her, to Ty Spice. Yeah, um, that's true. Comparative. What what I got out of this though, no, one thing that I finally realized watching them is they lived and died by the play. I mean, they were fans. It, you can't. Oh, yeah. say, they weren't just celebrities riding coattails up there. I mean. They were they were biting fingernails, wringing their hands, everything. I think the one thing that you have to to dislike Taylor about in this whole scenario is it feels like she picked the best team in the league to become a fan of this year, and then her very first year they went and won a Super Bowl. And to guys like us who have suffered through many, many years of being fans, like like Taylor has this year, and never feeling that, or you know, being too young to know it, that hurts, and that's so it's jealousy more than anything, I think. But I that's what I took from this. I was like, because they're fans. I mean, they are loving this game. I'm not seeing because uh, I remember like when when the Vikings were good and Prince got a booth, he was just in in the shadows behind a chair, not not moving. Like, it could have been a, our cardboard cutout, and they're just like, it's Prince. You're like, okay, fine, it's Prince. Yeah. Taylor's there. She's, she's screaming out of the thing. She's chugging beers. I say good for her. I am I am a little jealous that she picked the Super Bowl champions, but hey. some She's lived a blessed life. She's lived a she quite really a has. blessed life. But I, w- I will give her credit for this, right? When you think back, right, think about the fucking song You Belong With Me, right? What's it about? It's about, you know, she's like, why won't the football player look at me? You know, she's cheer captain. I'm in the bleachers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And now she has her football hero. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a full this is a full circle thing. She manifested this, you know, he belongs to her now. Right. This is me going into the the Taylor Swift catalog to make these points. So you nice. Have to, you have to begrudge me, but uh, yeah, man, she's living that life, and she's she seems stoked about it. She seems genuinely happy, and uh, yeah, whatever whatever happens, you can't say that this hasn't been a great couple months for them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> past six months. Imagine if you started dating a girl, she wins a fucking Grammy for album of the year, and you win the Super Bowl. You're kind of looking at each other like, maybe we're good luck. Maybe this is, you know, but they're also at the height of their lives. Yeah. Now, Travis Kelsey gets a couple months off. Let's see if him following her around the fucking Tokyo Dome annoys the shit out of her. Right. Uh, and they're still doing this thing. But they're also mid-30s, and uh, I was talking to my wife from a eugenics standpoint. If Taylor Swift ever did want to have a kid... You know, you could do worse than yeah. A lady, a lady gets to make her choice if she wants children, doesn't want children, doesn't matter. You could you could make a worse choice than an NFL Hall of Fame caliber tight end whose brother also is an NFL Hall of Fame caliber player. Yep. You know you're getting good genes at least athletically. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be in good. Not a bad spot. choice, Taylor. Good job. They love the the money will be okay for future for. Uh, yeah. Travis too, if he decides and to hang also, it up when he does, and so yeah. you know Travis Kelsey's just deep dicking it right now. Like you know that he is. You he's know? a champion. He gets to. He's a champion. He's a champion. He gets to that fucking meme of like Taylor Swift after the fucking bent back meme. Yes, <laughs> she's just she's just a terrible dog. I'm like, poor girl. I'm like, I hope she throws it back. I hope she I hope she gives him some good stuff. <laughs> good for her. But no one will ever know. No, well, yeah, no yeah, yeah, whatever. But you know. This is, uh, they're, you know, they're humans, and, you know, that's how it all is. She, they make the beast with she two got, backs. She got to hang out in, in his box for the Super Bowl, so he gets to 
spend some time in hers. Yes. <laughs> All right. I saw where you're going. Yeah, yeah, you're there. Uh, Commercials? Anything about commercials in the Super Bowl? (laughs) They're not big things anymore. I didn't blow my hair back, man. Not a good Super Bowl for commercials. They uh, they don't even show the full trailers for the big movies anymore. It goes, watch them online. Just go online. What do we care? I I do get it for the... I do get it for the Deadpool thing. Yes, because there are some adult stuff. Yeah, There's adult stuff. I mean, the fact that you watch the thing, he's like, pegging isn't new for me, but it is for Disney. You're like, yeah, you can't show that on the Super Bowl. I he, get it. He c- screams out, oh, fuck, in the, in the oh, trailer. Yeah. So they can do that on the on the internet, yeah. Um, Wicked had one, too, but I think I thought Wicked was like, go look at the full trailer online or something, but we it saw a lot was, of it. Why is that a two-part fucking movie? Just make Wicked a fucking That's true. Two and a half yeah, a two-parter. What are you doing? What a fucking... You know what's going to suck? People are going to see it. It's going to... I mean, I hear Wicked's great. I haven't seen it on Broadway. Um, the soundtrack's pretty solid. And they got Cynthia Erivo. You know, that's going to be good. She's They got good singers for the role. I will say that. Um, but I was like, okay, that's appealing to me. It just I don't know why that's a part two. Just make it one fucking movie and be done with it. Um, and I do... I've grown an affinity for Ben Affleck and his Duncan commercials. The Duncan commercial actually was, was pretty fun because, you know, you had Tom Brady and... Uh and ab you know his uh, buddy there with uh Matt Damon. Matt Damon yeah so yeah that was fun i you know the other stuff they have great chemistry still like good old friends i'm like yeah this is pretty good boston too i mean cuz oh, it's yeah. just this, like a, the smart connection there um bud light had a connection where the the genie ends up in the game they cut back to the game and the guy got a ticket yeah. to the game like that's a good gig to get for a commercial i love it because all love to Dallas Cowboys fan for life, Post Malone. Yeah, Post Malone ends up in Post there, Malone. and and Peyton there's Manning a there's a video him. of him. Uh, Brittany Mahomes takes his Cowboys jacket off and puts a Chiefs jacket on him. Oh, no Cowboys fan gives a shit. Like we have no rivalry with the fucking Chiefs sure. whatsoever. So we're like, yeah, man, do what you got to do. But you know, Posty was like, no, nah, give me my fucking, <laughs> I'm not, give me my star, give me my silver and blue, baby, get the fuck away from me. Yep. Um, Michael Sarah does that Sarah V commercial. That was kind of fun. Ken Jeong, Popeyes. Um, can we talk about the fact that Volkswagen had a commercial reminding people of its past? Ooh, really? Oh yeah, they're like back in the fifties. What was happening before the nineteen fifties? <laughs> nobody talking so about that. So it was the... nothing. We started in nineteen forty nine. So it was when we started as a company. Why are you looking? What are you talking about? <laughs> Everything was fun. We have, we make Beatles. We don't we don't create war machines that right, carry the, be- the yes. Jews to the gas chamber. The it's like Jesus. Why did you? <laughs> is that what she did? It's like not no nothing. We from the four, it was from the fifties. Awkward. Yeah. yeah. Super awkward. Sorry, Volkswagen. Uh, and then the 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 Jesus commercials the. He gets us <sighs> LLC things. They spent a lot of money on that. The one thing I'm glad about it is, sure, it's got people talking, and that's what they wanted, but at least the talk is, well, couldn't you have spent your money, I don't know, on the poor <laughs> instead of a Super Bowl commercial telling everybody oh, else yeah. to go out there and help the poor? <laughs> fucking absolutely fucking awful. 20-plus million dollars about, like, we're going to take care of each other's feet. Just show it through your fucking actions. Yep. The cool thing is, after that commercial, everybody's like, hey, this is, why the fuck are they doing that? That's shady as fuck. Right. You've got money to spend on a fucking commercial. You probably need to get taxed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your church needs to get fucking taxed. You're spending a fucking Super Bowl commercial. You're a not-for-profit. Get the fuck away from it. I agree, yeah. I like, I like that that has actually changed the narrative around it a little bit. Uh, and then the other stuff, the only thing I have the Super Bowl is, uh, you know, the celebration itself, giving up the Super Bowl trophy. Um, Dan, you had a, a comment about who was the man to bring that trophy up to the Kansas City Chiefs in the uh, Oakland, or Oakland, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders house. Maybe the only uh, worst team he could have handed it to. So they give it to Larry Zonka, which is 50-year anniversary for his MVP. And then before he hands it to the Chiefs, he hands it to John Elway <laughs> of the Denver Broncos. Not John Elway, like, of the Denver Broncos and another organization, John Elway is the Denver Broncos, the arch rival of the fucking Chiefs. And he then proceeded to carry a fucking Super Bowl trophy. Handed all over the way to through, that franchise, yeah. Had to hand it over there. I mean, if I'm John Elway, I'm talking to Larry Zonka and being like, can you fucking switch with me, dude? Can you just fucking switch with me? Like, you do it. You fucking carry it. I give it to Larry Zonka. He fucking carries it because he doesn't give a shit about the Chiefs. This... 
the look on John Elway's face is the look I imagine a man would have if he walks in on somebody fucking his wife. <laughs> like, right. I, just truly brutal. Where he's just like, uh, like just. But the dude fucking his wife is like also way bigger than him. <laughs> like he knows he can't start shit. And like the dude fucking his wife also has a gun. Jeez. Pointed at him. Jeez. And he's like, oh my God. It's got what real, the fuck? I mean, it was dark, but now it's dark. Yeah, no, it's getting real dark. But his wife's like, this is the best. And he's <laughs> like, oh no. Anyway. Like, yeah, so I, John Elway wasn't having a good time, uh, is what I'm trying to is what I'm trying to get to. Unless that's John Elway's thing, in which case, you do you, King. Freak fry your freak flag there, John. Whatever you gotta do. If you He's like, I want to do this. I want the Denver Broncos fans to feel this. <laughs> but that was, a, guys, that was a Super Bowl. That was that was a Super Bowl Fifty Eight, and that's our take on it. Um, I <laughs> will cock job all the way through. That's, <laughs> that's just what it was. It's just Brissetto. That stuff under. I was, uh, I, like I said, I watched. The half name of, of the it. episode, by the way, is John Elway cock job. I guess. <laughs> I, I don't make. I don't name the episodes, but that's what I want this one to be. John Elway cock job. That's what it's gonna. John John Elway cuck could be, you know, something. I love that that term gets thrown around a lot in terms of like, oh, you're a cuck. It's a very right wing, like, you know, fucking yeah. false alpha shit to say. But I was like, yeah, this, I get it. That's <laughs> that's the first time I've ever felt this about another man being like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let anybody do that to me, John. I Like, if somebody told me, like, hey, Dan, unless they're going to give me millions of dollars, in which case I'd just be like, hey, I'm sorry, Cowboys fans, like, I'm taking the money. Somebody's like, hey, would you like to hand the fucking Super Bowl trophy to anybody in the NFC East? I'd be like, nah, <laughs> I'm good. I would turn it down cold. Would you ever hand a fucking Super Bowl trophy to the Packers? No, would, would you ever do yeah, that? Yeah, that suck. I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I just couldn't. As, I, even if they were like, eh, it's going to be great publicity for it. I'd be like, no, I, I need my integrity. So poor John Elway. But, you know, he'll go home and cry to his fucking mansion. I don't know. The NFL, you know, the deep. Deep down, the NFL might own John Elway, and maybe he has to do it. Maybe he didn't have a choice. Yeah. He's, they've got his John, kids. John, we gave you, we gave you fucking two of these, dude. Yeah, you need to fucking do this. You know, you know that we were going to come a knocking at some point and ask you to return the favor and deal with the devil. You have to give this over to the Chiefs. Um, I watched this one at the, uh, you know, my brother-in-law's, uh, who who missed out on a. Uh, um, uh, bet uh, parlay by uh, one rushing yard by Brock Purdy. And I don't know how you do like QB rushing yards if you lose yards from a sack because was that considered a uh, QB No, carrier? but you lose it from a kneel down. Ah, so maybe, I would, no, I don't know why you would have ever kneeled down. But anyways, yeah, at one point, because one of his things was uh, uh, MVS getting a touchdown. So when MVS got mm-hmm. a touchdown, I looked it up on Google and I was like, Dude, you've hit all these, and then by the end of the game, nope, by a yard somehow. Somehow, Purdy <sighs> lost a yard. <laughs> so anyway, or they re you know, redid the math or whatever. But I watched there, and then I saw the second half at home. I swear it was heading overtime, and I could have rolled over and, and passed out. So I, I'm glad I didn't. I, I was able to, to see Sleepy that end of that though. game. It was a lot of fun uh, to see it end that way. And um, I wasn't cheering for one team straight out. I really wasn't. If Niners won. Or the Chiefs won. Um, I do believe now, though, that you know this is that whole saying that if you know you you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, the Kansas City Chiefs now have taken the place of the New England Patriots as the new team to hate, where they're just going to be just anyone but the Chiefs. I think Patrick Mahomes is very lucky in that he has surrounded himself with sort of sacrificial medals or lightning rods, mm. because Patrick Mahomes strikes everybody as charming. And so all the negative attention that Patrick Mahomes gets, they're like, and eh, now nah, it's his bitch wife. <laughs> like, that's the weird thing is, like, everybody fucking hates Brittany Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, yeah, but Mahomes seems pretty fucking cool, though. He seems pretty fucking cool. Oh, his brother, Jackson Mahomes. Sure. Oh, he fucking sucks. Oh, his dad got a DUI. Yeah. It circles Mahomes like fucking valence electrons, but it never touches Mahomes. Yet. It's fucking brilliant. Like... Even the high energy dickheadedness that he showed, you know, there's this thing going around crybaby of the year, mm-hmm. you know, for all the times Mahomes freaked out. Uh, Travis Kelsey had himself a little bit of a freak out in this game. <laughs> in the game, yep. Had himself a little bit of a freak out. And so 
it's just a team of hyper-competitive douchebags. But now he goes like, oh, no, but Travis is actually louder and dickish, more dickish than I am. I'm chill by comparison. Look how cool I am. Three-time Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes. It's brilliant. He has, he has surrounded himself with the perfect atmosphere to continue being liked while also to continue being s- exceptional. Mm. Um, you know, Tom Brady did that for the first part of his career as well. Near the end of it, it's like, oh, you're... You don't eat fucking strawberries anymore, dude. What the fuck? (laughs) The narrative changes. So he's got another 10 years to go. Hopefully no more Super Bowls. Hopefully the Cowboys become another four. (laughs) Dak Prescott becomes the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, the things that are pretty natural, the natural progression of things. There it is. Um, But yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, dude, truly the best player in the NFL. At this point, he could probably validly win the MVP every single year going forward. (laughs) It really sucks. Yeah, um... You brought up Kelsey, something I didn't say about this. He uh, started the first half with a uh, one-yard total, one one target, one yard. Finishes the game with 92 yards, had most receptions uh, and yards by any player in the entirety of the game. <laughs> so yeah, screaming at the coach worked for him that time. That time it worked. Yeah, but every once in a while you're like, oh, yeah, if you're going to you know, show the passion, show the fire – you know, feed the boy. I mean, he'd, he'd been having a tremendous postseason. It's like, you kind of got to feed the hot hand. But he was also heavily covered by San Francisco in the second half, or in the first half. Yeah. That, drain, that Dre Greenlaw injury, Dre Greenlaw could fucking cover. Mm. After Dre Greenlaw went down, Travis Kelsey finding more space. It makes sense. Um, all right, so let's... Yeah, I'm, I'm got the, everything I wanted to say on the Super Bowl. It was a great game all the way through in the overtime. I do have, obviously, many a crazy stats from it. Oh, yeah. And uh, one question for you, Dan, here, a little quiz here to, to wrap up the show. Uh, Brock Purdy, now the San Francisco 49ers, they should maybe be back. I mean, the NFC seems open. Like you said, you're Cowboys. You don't want that to, to happen for them. And I'd like my Vikings there, but right now they're – you know they're not getting no credit in the NFC, so we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. Brock Purdy uh, now has lost his first Super Bowl appearance. Can you name the last quarterback to return to a Super Bowl after losing their initial appearance? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? No, Jimmy. Because I know he didn't he didn't appear in the game, but I didn't know. Oh, that's like, a good point. No, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy lost the starting Super Bowl he was in, and he has never been back. Um, obviously, John Elway. John Elway is the answer. John Elway is the last QB to do it. So oh, really? every other quarterback that has visited the Super Bowl for their very first Super Bowl, not win it, has never been back yet. Because I knew, you know, Marino talked about that. He was in like year three, and he's like, oh, I'll be back. Never got back. It is, it is yeah. fucking hard to get back, man. And then you see, you get these teams like the Chiefs that learn how to win them and then it's easier. It just seems easier to do it again. I, the argument through this whole year was that this is probably the weakest Chiefs team we've seen, at least of the championships. You know, oh, they don't have a quarterback. They have these problems. They're not scoring. And here they are, another Super Bowl championship. Crazy, dude. Honestly, fucking crazy. Uh, all right, crazy. I'm so mad. I'll never stop being mad about it's it. It's tough. It's tough. Um, all right, crazy stats here before we guys we wrap it up. Uh, there's not a guarantee when we're going to be back on the air, but when we do come back, it's time to discuss what, Dan? The NFL scouting. That's right. We got prospects. I'm fucking thrilled, dude. I'm fucking thrilled. They invited 321 players to the combine this year. Mm -hmm. I may, I may take some time off (laughs) just to watch the fucking combine live because it's been a while since I've been able to watch the combine live. Oh boy, how I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, Um, you were combine. Yeah, the draft. There's gonna be, there's gonna be a few. There's gonna be a, a couple nights. I'm gonna try to get uh, around an hour a day of film through. Um, so yeah, you know, my marriage is gonna suffer here. <laughs> I mean, you know, my wife thinks, oh, it's you know, end of the football season, we'll be able to reconnect. No, baby, <laughs> no, that doesn't happen until after scouting. Uh, you know, I am, I'm still a shell. Of the man you loved until late April. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to get the names, the list from you. So let me know what you got. Those. Uh, the draft itself is under seventy two days away, already. 
here we go. Oh boy. Go to Tankathon. The, 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 the clock is up there and it's sticking away. So, uh, your Chicago Bears currently on the clock, everybody. We'll see. We'll see what happens, Chicago Bears. Um, all right. Crazy stats. Let's wrap up the oh, show yeah. this week. Uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr has a chance to become the first quarterback to lose to all 32 franchises. The, oh. the last two teams to beat him uh, that are left are obviously the Raiders and the Carolina Panthers. Jesus. Yep. Uh, he is tied with like nine other players that have lost to 30 franchises, but all of them are retired. So it's Derek Carr's chance here. Truly outstanding. Uh, only Juwan Jennings and Nick Foles have had a passing touchdown and receiving touchdown in the same Super Bowl. Or in a Juwan Super Bowl. Juwan Jennings Let's, must don't even have also have a big dick, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, same. Nobody's ever saying big dick Juwan Jennings, so you know, um, turn that around. Let's talk the negative here. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, when calling plays in a Super Bowl, is now Ugh. 0-3, outscored 29-74 to in second half in overtimes. Yeah, I saw that stat of like uh, <laughs> that scene from The Watchmen where, you know, Dr. Manhattan is experiencing time as it moves forward, and he goes, it's 2017. I'm watching Kyle Shanahan blow a Super Bowl lead. It's 2020. I'm watching Kyle Shanahan <laughs> blow a Super Bowl lead. It's 2024. I'm watching Kyle Shanahan blow a Super Bowl lead. I was like, oh, God. Still one of the great minds in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, but, God damn, that sucks, man. He's got to win one. I almost feel bad. Like, he's got to win one here. You've got those coaches. I, I remember, you know, Schottenheimer, but Schottenheimer would get into the playoffs and lose. Uh, Andy Reid would get him to the championship game. Yeah. Lose. Got him to the Super Bowl once. Andy Reid got over then hung. So, yeah, Sh- Shanahan's got some years still to do it. I think he can. I think he can. But now he's he got that. He can turn that. it around. It's just tough. Yeah, he's got that around his neck, and it's going to be his thing. Um, here's some Patrick Mahomes uh, crazy stats, you guys. Patrick Mahomes, fifth quarterback in history with at least three Super Bowl wins. Him and Brady are the only to have three wins before 29. Jesus. Yeah. Reed and Mahomes have five wins at Allegiant Stadium. That is the best of any head coach and quarterback tandem, including the Raiders. Raiders have been really embarrassing for a long time. They've been switching up their quarterbacks and head coaches quite a bit recently, too, since that stadium has been open. So that's how Reed Mahomes can take that record. And then finally, this stat. Patrick Mahomes has now started 96 games. Only three games have been losses by more than one score. Wow. That's competitive, hyper-competitive psychopath. Yeah, doesn't even get blown out in the games that he's playing in. That's it, you guys. That's crazy stats. That was Super Bowl 58. That was the 2023 through 2024 season. Uh, we are, we've uh, covered it all, you guys, besides, you know, missing here and there and some crazy stats, some two-minute no offenses. But uh, that was what we have for you this year. Uh, thank you guys very much. We Like we said, we're going to have the plan of returning with some prospects and stuff and wrap up our Season 7 that way, getting you ready for the NFL Draft. That's our plan. Uh, but until we are back, thank you guys for, for enjoying the season with us. And Dan, you were going to leave us with some parting words of wisdom. Football, at the end of the day, is not about who wins and who loses. It's about the experiences you have along the way. Maybe during the season you start fucking an international pop star. Maybe you had a child and you held them in your arms as... They watched their first NFL game. Maybe you got to hang out with your dad a little bit more and watch a game and you both understand each other slightly more. And maybe you just got to spend a whole season talking football with your buddy on a podcast. The NFL is about experience more than it's about winning and losing. And Scott, it's been a pleasure to watch this season with you once again, sir. Seven of them now. So thank you for making the NFL more fun for me. Ah, it's hard to do because it's fun as shit. I know. No, and thank you too. I, I realize, you know, I don't, even, I, I don't have to go put a bunch of money down in bets and stuff in this game because I got <laughs> stuff like this and these are wonderful oh, yeah. outlets, so I appreciate it. And I appreciate, we appreciate all you guys listening. If you are out there listening, we thank you. And, you know, tell your friends because that's something we appreciate too. I am Scott. the season now. This is the thing we do the best. Is the is the that's true? Yeah, out. this would be a great time for them to join us and get get them excited for the uh, for the next year. I am Scott. 
And this is Dan. We will talk to you then. Goodbye.